This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. Intern Nate here as well. Hey, what's up? Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. We're broadcasting out of the hero of the working class and best-looking member of DSA, Brandon Hinkey Studios. We're also monitoring the final week of the worst tweet tournament, where we have the first two tickets punched to the fungal four. Ezra Klein and David Frum, folks. First two into the fungal four. Right now, voting is underway to determine the last half of the fungal four, where we've got Hillary Clinton's college debt in three emojis or less tweet is going up against Kevin Smith's uh, pones my dick tweet. What do we have? Hillary right now up by a lot, 61 to 39. Hillary Clinton headed to that fungal four, it looks like, if she can hold on to that lead. Also going on right now, the UK region winner, J.K. Rowling's how she's going to go against fascists on both the right and left tweet might have finally met its match against the number one seed in the extremely online region, the winner of the extremely online region, Brian of Snarth's alligator baby tweet. Where do we stand? Gator baby up 59-41. Wow. Gator baby always finds a way. Gator baby finds a way. Uh, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> Voting in this round ends... I guess not in the case of the Gator Baby. <laughs> voting Woo! ends Wednesday at noon Eastern time. And then voting is going to probably resume in the Fungal Four. It's not going to stop. And then the championships on Thursday. Folks, by Friday, we're going to have the worst tweet. We're going to all know what the worst tweet is. Of course, we won't know if that worst tweet is actually worse than Eli Lake's cop rap tweet because we forgot <laughs> to include that. But Shut up. Why did fair you enough. talk? Why did you say, why did you mention it? Because it needed to be mentioned in the interest of full disclosure here that we recognize some were left out. But I like Eli Lake's cop rap tweet is really bad, but I'm still, I still think that after thousands of votes cast, this tournament will have crowned a tweet that's worse than Eli Lake's cop rap tweet. This probably won't be the last worst tweet tournament. No. So. Hopefully, the cop rap, the pro cop rap, will have will, its, uh, will have its, its moment in the ring. Yeah, along with Mike Huckabee's tweet recently about getting a, a colonoscopy or whatever. Along with Wonkett's Rebecca Schoenkopf's recent tweet about wishing that David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez would get married, but only after finishing college. David Hogg has inspired the worst takes of of any human being across the political spectrum he's magical anyways follow at worst damn tweet right now get involved in the voting while you still can thank you to our new subscribers on patreon five bucks a month you get access to bonus content you also get your own poem read on air a haiku and we're going to read some right now this is for gloria I am here today to have a talk with you all. I am the Clayboy. Thank you, Gloria. This one is for Trent. Zuck had them all fooled. 
until he slipped and called it the human Facebook. Thank you, Trent. This is for Drew. Landless peasants we on the giant content farm on Facebook.shit. Thank you, Drew. And again, thank you to the new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. It's Tuesday, April 10th, 2018. Here's the news. It's day one of Zuck Week. Still waiting to hear about any bars offering a Zuck testimony special. Maybe we can suck down that Zuck. At any rate, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. At any rate, talk about drink specials. At any rate, at any rate, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg appeared today before a special joint Senate committee to discuss the Cambridge Analytica scandal, the misuse of private data impacting 87 million Facebook users to advance the tech company's far right agenda. Zuckerberg has been cagey about discussing the privacy breaches in public, so in order to get him to testify, senators apparently agreed to short time limits and one round of questioning. The lawmakers who didn't toss softballs to Zuck routinely expressed frustration about not having enough time for their inquiries. Senator Maria Cantwell, however, wasted no time asking Zuckerberg about Facebook's links to Palantir, the creepy tech security firm founded by the reactionary piece-of-shit billionaire Peter Thiel. Welcome, Mr. Zuckerberg. Um, do you know who Palantir is? I do. Some people have referred to them as a Stanford Analytica. Do you agree? Senator, I have not heard that. Okay. Do you think Palantir taught Cambridge Analytica, as press reports are saying, how to do these tactics? Senator, I don't know. Do you think that Palantir has ever scraped data from Facebook? Senator, I'm not aware of that. Okay. Teal, of course, is also a uh, member of Facebook's board and a major investor. He's, he's sunk a lot of money into Facebook in the past. Uh, a lot of this has happened right before we were running into record. So we'll have more on from this hearing later, including perhaps a dissection of a Facebook employee's written testimony submitted by Richard Blumenthal about the company completely allegedly failing to comply with the previous government order on privacy data, on keeping, uh, obviously, uh, on, on privacy promises, on uh, deceptive practices there. A central question at the hearing, and one you'd think Zuck would be prepared to, to answer, and actually he probably was prepared to answer it, is uh, how unique was the Cambridge Analytica scandal? How often have third-party firms scraped data and senator cantwell's question gets at that though very specifically asking about palantir earlier in the hearing uh, chuck grassley asked this question and zuckerberg was pretty dodgy over an answer he should have had at his fingertips prepared to answer uh, do you know of any instances where user data was improperly transferred to third party in breach of facebook terms if so how many times does that happen 
And was Facebook only made aware of that transfer by some third party? Uh, as for past activity, I, I don't have um, all the examples of apps that we've banned here. But if you'd like, I can have my team follow up with you after this. Okay. Have you ever required an audit to ensure the deletion of improperly transferred data? And if so, how many times? Again, I can make sure that our team follows up with you on, on anything about the, the specific past stats that would be interesting. Um, I was going to assume that sitting here today you have no idea, uh, and if, if I'm wrong on that, you're able, you're telling me, I think, that you're able to supply those figures to us, as least as of this point. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I, I will have my team follow up with you on what information we have. Okay, but right now you have no certainty of whether or not, uh, wh wh how much of that's going on, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Zuckerberg just stares, doesn't say anything. But, like, that's a pretty important question because if this has happened several times in the past, and obviously it has, because Zuckerberg doesn't have the information in front of him, the number of times it's happened, then this is a much bigger scandal. Uh, that I guess will be more quietly addressed when Zuckerberg follows up with the senator uh, with written written questions. But also you could tell that, like, this is the first time, I mean, since the Sentinel's been covering hearings on Capitol that you've had, like, a joint hearing where you have 42 senators in a single hearing room all trying to ask questions. And what you do is you constrain the amount of time that each senator has to ask. You're probably not going to get any second round of questions. And that all makes it easier for the witness. And I don't, I can't think of any witness that's that's had that sort of special treatment. I mean, Zuckerberg is going to have to testify in front of the House tomorrow. But usually, you see spy chiefs, whoever heads of uh, major companies, they have to testify before two different Senate committees, two different House committees. Zuckerberg's getting it pretty easy here. And the clip you pulled up of him being completely unable to uh, answer Grassley's question, unable or unwilling. He should really know that answer because in 2011, Facebook had to enter into a consent decree with the FTC, uh, basically admitting that it it had deceptive privacy policies and it had promised that for the next 20 years it would submit itself to audits and uh, ensure that it had a better, uh, more upfront and less deceptive policy about what it was doing uh, with, with users' personal data and information. Yeah, the Cambridge Analytical sc Analytica scandal is like, what, 80 million users that have been affected by it? The number's grown up to that? Facebook knows how many times something like this has happened in the past, how many developers have been guilty of this, and how many people have been affected by this. They have these numbers. They just didn't want to share them in the hearing today. Grassley's also been pushing for this hearing for a long time, so you know he's asked, this, the, you know he's asked these very same questions uh, before the cameras were turned on in writing, I'm sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Senate also moved one step closer to restoring a Republican majority to the National Labor Relations Board. There's been a vacancy on the NLRB since December when then-chair Phil Miscamara retired. Today, the upper chamber voted 50 to 47 to limit debate on John Ring, the nominee to Phil Miscamara's seat. As we've covered on this show... Trump's NLRB has been rocked by scandals. The agency recently reversed a move to repeal Obama-era standards on corporate franchise labor liability. The botch repeal then led to agency general counsel Peter Robb rushing to complete a settlement with McDonald's. 
Under the Obama standard, McDonald's was sued by hundreds of workers who said they were harassed and punished for joining the Fight for 15 movement and that McDonald's should be held liable because it exerts indirect control over its franchises. Lawyers for the workers are hoping to get the settlement thrown out late last week. An administrative law judge heard arguments both for and against the deal. In Pruitt Watch, more news that the EPA administrator is full of shit. The agency and the president have claimed that the high travel and security costs around the administrator, already approaching more than $3 million, are necessitated by the unusual amount of threats faced by Scott Pruitt. But Senators Tom Carper and Sheldon Whitehouse got a hold of internal EPA documents that show that Pruitt actually hasn't faced threats that warrant an increased security. Records show one guy who threatened to leave scrapings of old paint outside the EPA administrator's office. Another person who simply said, quote, we are watching you. Assuming that the old paint guy was trying to make a point about lead paint, right? Yeah, maybe that was the threat. We'll slowly kill you with lead paint poisoning. In fact, the senator cited the EPA Office of Homeland Security Intelligence team. What the fuck is the EPA doing with that? Anyways, that office, which concluded, quote, the EPA intelligence has not identified any specific credible direct threat to the EPA administrator. The senators wrote in their letter that it was possible, quote, certain factions within the EPA have justified the exorbitant taxpayer spending incurred by the administrator's first class travel and large entourage of security personnel through unsubstantiated claims about threats to his security, either at the direction of the administrator himself or others in the agency. Hmm. My money is on the former or both. Finally, a new report from the Associated Press finds that the CFPB has been completely defanged under Director Mick Mulvaney. Before Trump's OMB director took the helm of the agency last year, it was producing three or four enforcement actions every month against misbehaving financial companies, actions that in aggregate have returned to customers billions of dollars. But since November, when Mulvaney took over, the CFPB hasn't issued a single enforcement action. Not one. That's in addition to the hiring freeze and freeze of new regulations, also the repeal of the payday lending rule. Now, I don't think banks and debt collectors and credit reporting agencies suddenly reformed their ways last November, that they're not screwing people over anymore. No, instead, the guy who sought out to kill the CFPB as a member of Congress, Mick Mulvaney, is now leading the agency and has the power to do it. An eyebrow-raising press report this week about Mulvaney uh, deliberating over issuing his first penalty up to $1 billion against Wells Fargo for auto loan stuff. But, buddy, I will believe that shit when I see it. All right, we've reached the end of the newscast, so it's time to check out the listener rant line. Hey, guys, it's Keister. I'm calling to set the record straight. Final judgment, no debate. The YouTube shooter is guilty. Murdering people is not justified if your content is demonetized due to inflammatory content. Get it straight, fellas. Keister filing uh, an amicus brief with the court here. Probably correct. Yeah, we'll allow that brief to move uh, forward. I was our, our irony-addled brains might have gotten that one wrong, but sometimes to be we clear, go too far. To be clear, the YouTube shooter didn't murder anyone except herself, unfortunately, which is bad and worthy of guilt i guess but uh uh everyone's deserving of a trial 
you know? <laughs> That's all. We didn't declare her innocent. I don't remember, right? <laughs> I think we, we did. Attorney client no, privilege is dead. We withheld judgment, right? We gave both the defense and the prosecution more time to build their case. But I think you'll have to consult a, a legal podcast uh, for the information about that Keister, one. Keister, you're right. Okay, you're right. YouTube shooter is 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 guilty. I reserve the right to file a dissenting opinion in the coming weeks. <laughs> Hey, this is Zach in North Carolina. I just wanted to call in and say uh, that to Sam and Sam, I uh, completely support your treatment of intern Nate, uh, having lived with annoying people in the past. Uh, I totally buy that everything is completely warranted. And basically, just wanted to say, you know, fuck Nate. Keep treating him like shit. And uh, we'll keep enjoying it. Thanks. Thank you, Zach. Hey, fuck you, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Finally, someone who understands. If you too understand you what it's ask, like having uh, a shitty should, roommate. You should ask Sam what he does with the bacon after he's done cooking with it. I think he's making tallow. <laughs> it's fine. It's like a fight club scenario in here. That's fine if I'm making tallow. Nate and I just exchanged look the, uh, exchanged a look the other day because it was like three out of four days of that greasy bacon pan just look. laying on top of the stove there. Bacon grease can be used for lots of different things. What do you it's use only it for? Being used wait, 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 Nate. <laughs> what do you use it for? I don't use it personally for anything, but I leave it out in case my roommates would like to use it for something because I'm considerate. How considerate? Oh, I'm just leaving Call the pan to soak. The rant line 202 684 6108. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, levelnews.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review, give us a rating, tell your friends to listen. The newscast returns tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.